Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. During challenging times, it is easy to focus on the things that divide us. But the Apostle Paul reminds us that we are united with Christ, united in purpose, and united with each other. Enjoy this week's message. All right, all right, man. How many of y'all excited to be in church this morning? Come on. Are y'all excited? I want to welcome all those that are joining us online as well. I got to tell you, every time I come here, I'm just overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord in the worship. I don't know if you guys ever do this, but, you know, every now and then if you see any of the people on the worship team, man, just thank them for leading us into the presence of God. How many of y'all enjoy the worship here at Milestone? Isn't it powerful? So good. Pastor Steve, thank you so much for the introduction. And I've known Steve uh, Chestnut, his wife Gabby, for many, many, many years. And I'm so proud of this team and uh, Pastor Jeff, Ginger, all, all of you guys, let me just say this, Jesse, powerful, powerful up here, man. If I, had a, if I had a teenager in this area, I'd want you to be his youth pastor or she. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, you do a great job, a great job, great job. You, you guys are in a study uh, called United, and Pastor Jeff gave me the topic. I love Pastor Jeff and Brandy. I met pastor, your pastor 20 years ago uh, in the back of a a van at a conference. We went to a church conference and he and Brandy uh, were there and Jennifer and I, Jennifer uh, sends her love. Uh, she's able to come from time to time and, and uh, she loves you guys, loves Milestone Church. We met, pa- Pastor Jeff and I met 21 years ago and uh, we've been dear friends and uh, had an opportunity uh, to play golf with him recently. I just want to encourage everybody because you know Pastor Jeff is an amazing pastor. How many of y'all love Pastor Jeff? Come on. Do y'all love Pastor Jeff? I, I just, I, I just want to share this with you guys. Two things. Number one, one of the greatest pastors in America. I really mean that. But I want to assure you of something. Uh, your, your pastor, let me tell you about your pastor. He has not been spending too much time on the golf course. I just want to let y'all, y'all can be assured that he has been in the Bible. All right, here we go. So, uh, <laughs> He is awesome. I will say this. If he hits the ball, it's going to heaven. He's a big guy. I mean, that, it is going far. All right. Well, you guys are in a study called United. And I saw the book. It's powerful. I trust most of you are in small groups or you're studying along. What a powerful resource that this church has developed for you guys. And I was given the topic in Ephesians chapter 5. Very powerful scripture. Actually, one of my favorite scriptures to talk about and preach and teach about. And I think it just so happened this was the weekend that I was coming. We usually schedule a year out. But I was given the topic today to talk to you guys about what it means to be filled with the Spirit. What it means to be filled. Everybody say filled. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? And I want to just begin by making a couple statements and some questions up front. Has there ever been a time in your walk with Jesus where you felt like, man, your prayers were just not as infused with the life and the passion that they once were? Yeah, you ever been there before? Have you ever been to a point in your life where it's like, man, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't sense and I don't feel that passion in my heart for Christ like I once did. Matter of fact, I had somebody tell me this. I had somebody tell me right when I gave my heart to Christ, probably about three months into it. Now, I've been a Christian over 30 years now, and I remember them telling me this. They said, listen, listen, I know you're on fire for the Lord right now, but give it some time. 
you know, you just kind of, it just kind of wanes a little bit, you know, as you mature. I want to go on record as saying this. I want to talk to everybody online and those that are in our physical campuses. I want to say this. I do not believe it is a rite of passage into maturity in Christ for you to, quote, wane in your fire for God. I, I don't believe that at all. I believe you can be passionate for Christ. I believe you can sense the Holy Spirit in your prayer life. Your prayer life doesn't have to get dull. You can pray a prayer of faith and sense the Holy Spirit. You can read the Word and sense. But here's the key. Here's the key. Are you, am I, daily welcoming the presence of the Holy Spirit into our lives? In other words, there's an active participation in welcoming God's presence I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit today. I want to talk to you about the importance of allowing the Holy Spirit to saturate your life, to fill your life. The topic being filled. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? There is a cry, I believe, there's a cry for the supernatural uh, in our culture. You can watch TV, uh, you can watch a talk show host, or walk into a bookstore, and there's all kind of books if you see, there's all kind of books on the, you know, like paranormal level and supernatural things. Of course, they still have, even when I was a kid, they still have today the psychic hotlines. You know, people will go to them. And what are they looking for? Well, what they're looking for is they're looking for, people know, listen, that we're not just a brain and a body. But there's a spiritual side to who we are. God created us that way. God created us with a spiritual yearning. The question is, are we looking in the right place to fill that spiritual void? Now, I want to say this. I, I live in New Orleans, and, uh, and I can say this because I'm from there. There's just a lot of weird people there, just to be honest. Can I say, it's kind of like if you've been there, you can say that. And so when, when people come to visit me all the time, I grew up in New Orleans, I'll say, you know, Steve, man, we want to go down to the French Quarter because we want to go eat some good food. We don't have jobs, we have good food. Come on, are y'all with me? They all, all the jobs move here in Houston, but we do have good food. So, so everybody wants to go down the French Quarter. So here it is. We drive, you know, we do the whole thing. Can't find a parking spot, you know. And so, and, and, and invariably, you walk by a place called Jackson Square. Any of those of you that have been to New Orleans, you know, that's, a, that's a, kind of the center of the thing. It's a, it's a real historic Catholic church there in Jackson Square. Andrew Jackson, the whole thing. And, and what outlines that is fortune tellers. They're, they're everywhere. And so you'll see tourists and they'll come in there and, you know, they'll put their hands in. And, and you may think it's a little hocus pocus and, and they may be joking around a little bit. But people, I do believe, are really searching. Could it be that just this day about my kid or about my future, about my job, could it be that somebody could read? What is that? There's a yearning for the supernatural. Beyond just our cognitive ability to, to rationally figure out life. Is there, is there something out there? Can I tap into some other, other realm? I was watching something that reminded me of a friend. I was watching this Hollywood uh, interview of this Hollywood person recently, and, and they were talking about positive energy and negative energy. 
This person had positive. Matter of fact, I worked with this guy named Randy at a, when I was in seminary. I worked at a restaurant, and he was always talking about, Steve, there's this, like, positive energy about you, man. Like, like, what is this positive energy? And it was very similar to the conversation, or actually what I was listening to on TV about this Hollywood star. And they were trying to figure out why it is that they go to this party, and there's positive energy, but yet there's negative energy here. What are they looking for? I remember my friend, Randy, who used that same language. I said, well, let me just tell you where my, quote, positive vibe comes from. It doesn't come from my personality. It comes from someone who lives on the inside of me. It's the Holy Spirit of God. He goes, the Holy Spirit? He goes, Steve, that sounds weird to me. I said, no, 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 it's actually in the Bible. He grew up in a, you know, going to church as a, in, a, in, in a liturgical environment, South Louisiana, very characteristic. And, and he, had no, he had no concept of what I was talking about. I said, no, actually, actually, the Holy Spirit, when you become a Christian, comes to live on the inside of you. How many people out there in our culture think that God is way out there? Are you with me? But when you receive Christ, the Bible says our bodies become the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are living in a very, very spiritual time. I think it's important for us to not equate spirituality with Christianity necessarily. There are people that subscribe and ascribe to spirituality that may or may not be Christians. But when you come to Christ, you spiritually come alive. We're no longer searching. We are no longer seeking in the sense of looking for someone. Someone has found us, and he's come to live on the inside of us. And that someone is Christ by his spirit. We become a different person when the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. I've been given the text in Ephesians chapter 5, one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. I'm going to read three verses. Ephesians chapter 5, your study this week in your journal is Ephesians 5, verse 18 to 20. And here's what the Bible says. Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says this. He says, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be, what's that next word? Say it, be filled. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Question, who was Paul talking to? I'll tell you who he's talking to. Paul was talking to Christians who lived in Ephesus. He was talking to the Ephesian church. Now watch this. Paul was talking to believers who have had their sins forgiven. Their name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, right? They've trusted Christ as their Savior, and Paul's telling them, be filled with the Spirit. Wait, when I'm a Christian, am I filled with the Spirit or am I not filled with the Spirit? I thought when you came to Christ, I mean, Holy Spirit comes to live in me. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Do I have the Spirit or do I not have the Spirit? I'm going to talk to you about that today. A lot of confusion out there about the Holy Spirit. A lot of confusion. And I believe it's important for us to understand what Paul is talking about when he says, be Filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Had a lady come one time to church, and I was shaking hands in the foyer afterwards, and, and uh, she came up to me. She goes, Pastor, I, I really like the talks, you know, that you guys give, but, but, but i got to tell you something. And the music, the music, 
I, I, I usually get through one song and I can't, I can't, I can't stay. It's like, I just, I have to go in the foyer and, and then I come back in and I'm like, well, why is that? And here's what she said, y'all, y'all ready for this? She says, cause I just start crying. She goes, I just start crying, I'm, I'm crying. And she goes, I don't know why I'm crying. And I said to her, you know, cause I'm kind of be funny a little bit. So I, was, I don't know, is there anything sad going on? It's like, oh, we're not playing reruns of Old Yeller up here on the weekend. Come on, how many of y'all cried during Old Yeller? Raise your hand. If you didn't, you're not a Christian. You're not going to heaven. I just want to let you know. I'm just joking. I told her. Here's what I said. I said, it's not because something sad's going on. I said, ma'am, can I, can I help you? That's the Holy Spirit touching your life. She said, the Holy Spirit. I said, what you're feeling, your emotions are being unlocked as the Holy Spirit is touching you. She goes, wow. See, Christianity has been so reduced down at times to a rational concept. It's, it's, we forget that Christianity is a supernatural faith. It's a living faith. It's, it's vibrant. It's, it's, it's passionate. It's, I'm not just talking about emotions. I'm talking about the pneuma, the spirit. You can sense the presence of God in worship. You sense it. It's not just good music. I, I live in a city with great music. It's not about good music. It's about the presence of God behind the music. It's not just preaching, it's the presence of God. It's not just when we say our prayer life, it's not, we're not just saying words. It's, it's the Holy Spirit present in our prayer life. You know what Paul said? Here's what Paul said. Paul was a missionary. And Paul would go into different regions and different places and plant churches. And matter of fact, one time he went to Thessalonica. Thessalonica was the first church it was planted. And, and here's what he said. Paul said this. He says, for our gospel... 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and much assurance. In other words, here's what he said. Remember the backdrop with Paul. I want everybody to hear me. Everybody look right here. The backdrop of Paul hid the world was a Greco-Rome, Greece-Rome. It was a Greco-Roman backdrop. Very philosophical. Very philosophical. And they would get in what's called disputations, disputes, the, the, the dispute. And very philosophical. There was a lot of argumentations about concepts. And Paul said, listen, I'm not going to try to argue in you into the kingdom of God. I believe we need to be equipped as Christians. 1 Peter 3.15, we need to know what the hope within us. We need to study apologetics, the defense of the gospel. But at the end of the day, I can't argue somebody into the kingdom of God. It's Christ by his spirit that transforms a human heart. And Paul said this, he said, I didn't just come with you with clever words. Listen, can I tell you something, Pastor Jeff, he's not doing TED Talks on the weekend. Are, are y'all with me? Did, when anybody preaches the gospel and anointed by the Holy Spirit, there is a power behind the words. It's not just how to craft a talk. It's there's a presence. That's what Paul said. It's the Holy Spirit shows up. Shows up in your home, shows up in your life. That's what you're looking for. Some of you driving to work, even last week, you're, 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 you're looking for the reality of the presence of God. Christianity is a supernatural faith. It's a presence, the presence of God that attends to your prayers, that attends to your hearing of the word, to the singing of songs. It's not just songs. There's a presence. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4 and 5, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words, 
It wasn't how I arranged my argumentation. No, it's not that. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I believe in crafting talks. I believe in putting messages together in coherent fashions. Don't misunderstand me. But at the end of the day, it's not how we package a message. It's did the Holy Spirit show up and touch your life? Guys, I want everybody to hear this. We live in a very broken culture right now. Very broken. Think of the reality, the gravity of all the things that are resting on people's souls right now. On your soul. The impact of COVID-19. Just think about that. The last six, seven months and we're all navigating. Everybody knows somebody that was sick or people know somebody that maybe has passed away or struggling right now. And then all of the realities that we have to grab with. Do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Should I do this? Should I? Am I being loving? Am I not being loving? And you're like, oh my, it's like there's a collective trauma in our culture. And then couple that with the, the racial strife. My gosh. Oh gosh, what am I going to do? Am I not? Oh God. And then the political divisiveness. By the way, that's just an aside. And then, by the way, the economic realities. You put all of this together, and I'm telling you, the, the soul of man is fragile right now. And that's why we need a power beyond our own human logic. We need the presence of God to touch our hearts, to cleanse, to, to fill us with a presence where we can feel the warmth of God, even in the divisiveness of man. That when we get in our prayer closet, we cry out to God, or we come to church where our souls can be lifted to God, and we can sense a power beyond this human constraint. God is not limited by our human constraints. When we, when we hear a message, or we pray, or we cry out to God, where we can sense the tangible reality of the Holy Spirit. Wow. I want to talk to you about Pastor how can I be filled with the Spirit? I want to talk to you about being filled with the Spirit. Question, when you're a Christian, when you give your heart to Christ, do you get the Holy Spirit? I mean, I thought you, were, I thought you couldn't be it. The Bible says that no one calls Jesus Lord except by the Spirit. So do, is the Spirit in me? Is he upon me? Is he around me? Where is the Spirit? I want to talk to you today about what does the Bible teach about how to be filled with the Spirit. Paul was telling the Ephesian believers, be filled with the Spirit. They were Christ followers. And I believe that Paul would tell us the same thing today. I want to give you three things about how to be filled with the Spirit. Number one, I want to talk to you about some of the promises in Scripture. The promise of the fullness of the Spirit. I want to talk about some of the problems that we've all faced when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Number three, I want to talk about the practical fulfillment and the outworking of how this takes place in our life. Number one, the promises. In the New Testament, Jesus promises to baptize his followers in the Holy Spirit. The word baptize in the Greek is the word baptizo. That's what it means to be dipped or immersed. By the way, there's four baptisms in the New Testament. I want everybody to see this. Number one, you're baptized into Christ and into his body when you become a believer. Number two, water baptism. What is water baptism? Matter of fact, Pastor Jesse or one of them talked about last week, the 40 people were baptized. Well, what were you, what were you? You were baptized in water. Believer's baptism, it's, it's a sign of obedience to Christ where you tell the world that, I, uh, that I've died with Christ, I've been buried with Christ, and I've been raised in the resurrection power of Christ. And you publicly demonstrate that I belong to Jesus. That's water baptism. And if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you should be water baptized. Number three, Paul talks about the baptism of suffering. 
When we enter into the sufferings in this present life, why? Related to the cost of the gospel. The persecution that comes, that attends to, to, to being a Christ follower in a culture that may or may not serve and honor God. But then there's this other word, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to be immersed, to be dipped in, to be filled. Analogous terms in the New Testament, filled with the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, the Spirit coming upon, the anointing of the Spirit. Question, have you been filled with the Spirit lately? Have you been baptized and immersed, drenched, and saturated in the Spirit? Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John the Baptist says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize, everyone say baptize. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. He will anoint you with the Spirit. Jesus says he will mark us with his spirit as witnesses for Christ. I, I'll never forget when I was in Israel. By the way, if you ever have an opportunity to go to Israel, it's amazing. The Bible just comes alive like, oh, there's Jericho. Okay, that makes sense. The Galilee. Okay, okay. Whoa, it's amazing. And i never forget the first time going there. And the first day you actually start on the Bible tour, those of you that have been on, they usually start on the Mount of Olives. It gives you a good panoramic view of Jerusalem and you look over the old city. And I was on, standing on the Mount of Olives and our guide opened up the book of Acts. So powerful, Pastor Steve, so powerful. And he, and he opened up the book of Acts and, 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 and in a sense, role-playing, like in a sense, we're the followers of Jesus, right? The disciples, followers of Jesus. And he looks over the city and here's what he tells. And he, he reads Acts chapter one because this is where it happened. Right on the Mount of Olives, looking over the city, he's telling his disciples, Acts chapter one, verse eight, he says, but you shall receive power. He tells them, go wait in the city of Jerusalem. You're gonna be endued with power. And he looks over the city and Jesus says, this is right before the divine ascension, but you shall receive power. Everyone say power. It's the Greek word dunamis, translated in English dynamite. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. i never forget that day. I thought, man, this is amazing. It was almost like I was, I was there. I was like, man, I, I want the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, he's talking to disciples. He says, go down there and wait and cry out. You're going to receive power. Power, why? Power to be a witness for my namesake. I gave my heart to Christ at the end of October 1987. I was a freshman at Tulane University in New Orleans. Grew up in New Orleans. And, and I was invited to a Bible study. Some of you guys have heard my story before. Two girls invited me, Linda and Nicole, invited me to this Bible study. And so I was real, real reluctant. And but I, ultimately, I went. And in that Bible study, it was amazing. God got a hold of my heart. And I, I trusted Christ as my Savior. I gave my heart to Jesus. I, 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 what does that mean? I recognize my need for God. I let go of my past. I repent of my sins. I trust Jesus as my Savior, right? I came to the foot of the cross, however you want to define it. I trusted Jesus. Now, what happens is your sins are not only forgiven, but the Bible says we are also given the gift of the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us. But there's also a coming upon and an empowering of the Spirit that comes upon your life. 
Five or six times after I gave my heart to Christ, my friends would come in from out of town. Had one good friend who went to the University of Miami and, hey, Steve, come on, man. Come on, buddy. I'm 19 years old. They said, come on, man, we're going to go out. And, and I went out, just lived crazy, just, just insane, like my old self. And, and, and I'll never forget Linda, right after the first year, she said, Steve, listen, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. You need, here's what she told me. She goes, you need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I said, like, like there's more? Is that like extra credit? What is that? How do you get that? I thought the whole thing, I mean, she goes, well, listen, Steve, you're saved. All right, your sins have been forgiven. Your name's been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. But you need the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness, to stand for Christ. You, you're, you're lacking supernatural power. You need to learn how to walk daily in the power of the Holy Spirit. I thought, well, tell me what to do. So I never forget, she opened up in the book of Genesis, by the way. And it was really a fascinating study. Genesis chapter one, verse two, the Holy, the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the earth. She brought me all the way through the Old Testament. Then I went to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where I've got you guys right now in Matthew. Then she went into the book of Acts. Oh man, by the time I got to the book of Acts, it was just like, man, I want the power of the Holy Spirit. Then she got to Ephesians chapter five. And she said, look, Steve, Paul says you need to be filled with the Spirit. He's talking to Christians. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit. What do I need to do? That day, I learned what it meant to be filled with the Spirit. So grateful for that day. So grateful that that day was a day where I learned how to cry out for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Number one, we see the promise of the Spirit given to us throughout Scripture. Number two, there's some problems. Let me give you three problems. I could give more, but let me give you three problems why I believe people have, are not walking in the fullness of the Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just ignored, if I can say that respectfully. Specifically, I mean, there are sections, and I love the body of Christ. I love the diversity of the body of Christ. I love the diversity of expression, different church styles and flows. I, I, I love different styles of church. But for some reason, there are, there are different segments of the body of Christ that for whatever reason, they don't talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure why. He's in the Nicene Creed. He's in different places. But, I mean, they may sing about him a little bit, but, but, but there's not a teaching on the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the anointing of the Spirit. Well, and yet the Spirit of God, and you look in Scripture, the person of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Spirit, sometimes he's just been ignored. Number two, sometimes the Holy Spirit's been misunderstood. And what I mean by that is the Holy Spirit often has been referred to as an it rather than a divine person. I'm 50 years old. I don't know if you guys remember this. How many of y'all remember the Steve Martin movie years ago called The Lonely Guy? Anybody remember that? Y'all remember that? You remember Steve had no friends? And what he would do is he would get these, this was so funny. He would get these cardboard things of like friends and he would cut them out and he would like, and so he would put them all around his living room and he'd have a party. You know, he's kind of nerdy, you know, goofy. And so, and, and so he'd have all these, and so he'd come up to this guy, you know, kind of do like this. And he's like, ah, what's up? How's this party? You know, and, and of course the person's not real. It's an it. It's a cardboard thing. And the person would be like, And, he, you know, he'd high-five this and high-five that, you know, knock him down, pull, pull, pull him back up. Okay, okay, the, those are it's. 
You can ignore a cardboard mannequin box thing at a party and not hurt its feelings. Why? Because it's not real. It's an inanimate object. How many of y'all are married? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand if you're married. Okay. How many of y'all want to be married? Come on, raise your hand. I'm not going to ask any more questions besides that. That's it. By the way, great place to meet people is in church. But anyway, that's all another topic. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You ready for this? So I'm going to be home this afternoon and see my wife, Jennifer. Been married 25 years. So when I see her, if I, when I walk into my house, if I see her, remember, problem number two, the Holy Spirit's often been seen as an it rather than a divine person. So if I walk into the house, I'm going to walk into the house. If I see her, she sees me. If I don't acknowledge her, if I don't say to her, hey, hon, how are you doing, you know, you know, you know if, if I don't do that, and she knows that, you know, we've, we've seen one another, but I don't acknowledge her, it's not going to be warm later that night. Can I have a witness in God's house? You know what I'm talking about. It's like, she's going to start thinking, what's up? And the reason is, because I didn't honor her as a person. Are you with me? I want to give you guys some theology, some biblical understanding. Technically speaking, I want everyone to hear me right now. Technically speaking, where is God the Father according to the Bible? Where is God? Now, we're Trinitarians. We believe in one God, three distinct persons, all right? God the Son, or God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Not three gods. One God, three distinct persons. We're Trinitarians. Classic, historic Christianity, all right? Technically speaking, according to the Bible, where's God the Father right now? This isn't a trick question. He's, he's on the throne of God. Okay? Technically speaking, where's the second person of the Trinity? Jesus. Where is he right now according to the Bible? He's what? Come on. All right, can I, I got to act it out. All right. He's sitting down. He is what? He is seated at the right hand of the Father. How do I know he's seated? Do you guys remember the first Christian martyr? You know what his name was? Stephen. Read Acts chapter 7. You remember what happened in Acts chapter 7? Paul the apostle, who was before he was Paul, he was Saul, kind of a bad guy. He was overseeing the martyr of the first Christian martyr, Stephen. And the Bible says that Jesus saw that. Peter saw saw how Stephen was dying with such grace. And the Bible, read Acts chapter 7. The Bible actually says that Jesus stood up. Technically speaking, where is God the Holy Spirit right now? I'll tell you where he is. He's the one convicting us of sin. He's the one filling us with peace. When you pray and say, oh God, I need peace. I open my heart to you. When Paul the Apostle in the book of Philippians talks about the peace of God that, trans, that, that goes past all understanding, it transcends that, that's God the Holy Spirit. Maybe we should recognize the Spirit working in our hearts more. Maybe if we'd honor and recognize the Spirit's work, maybe he would work more. Number one, he's often ignored. Number two, he's misunderstood. Sometimes he's just resisted. Why? Because we don't want to be with that group. Oh, man, they were weird. They're over there in the name of the Holy Spirit shooting water guns. I don't want to do that. These people are weird. Oh, God, I don't want to do that. That's just weird. You know, so what do we do? We do the proverbial statement of we throw the baby out with a what? Say it. So we don't want to throw out the Holy Spirit with people. I'm not going to allow, here's what decision I made years ago. I'm not going to allow somebody's extreme or their weirdness or some fringe thing that they do to get me to back off of the genuine presence and power of Almighty God. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that in my life. I'm going to contend for the genuine. 
Number one, we have been promised the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit. Number two, there are problems. Number three, I'm going to talk about the practical fulfillment and we'll close. I wrote this down. The fulfillment of the promise of God's power is found in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Analogous terms, baptism of the Spirit, infilling of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, coming upon of the Spirit. While we are saved one time, I want everybody to hear me. You give your heart to Christ one time. The Spirit comes to live in your heart one time, but the Spirit comes upon you and fills you with power multiple times throughout your walk with God. Why is that, Pastor? Because Christians need to be filled because Christians leak. Are you with me? And I'm in that group. Why do we leak? Because we get squeezed by life. Things happen. We get pressured. There's things, and, 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 and we need a fresh infilling of God's power. We need a fresh coming upon of God's presence. Acts chapter 2, 120 got filled with the Holy Spirit the day of Pentecost in the upper room. They came down 3,000. Peter's preaching. The Spirit of God falls upon them. Power of Almighty God. Amazing. Acts chapter 4, they're persecuted. The pressure from the authorities. Don't preach in the gospel. Don't talk in the name of Jesus. And what did the disciples do? What did the followers of Jesus do? They lifted their voices to God. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place, the people, they were just filled with the Spirit. But now they need to be refilled. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled. Everyone say filled. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the, word, spoke the word of God with boldness. If there's ever a time and ever a generation that needs to be filled with the Spirit, it's us now. We need to be filled with the Spirit. I'll close. I've got one set of scripture and illustration and I'll close. I, I had a guy, smart guy, came up to me and says, Pastor, look, I, I've got the born again thing down. I'm pretty sure. I know, what, I know how you get saved. I, I th- I've got the born again thing down. This whole Holy Spirit deal, it's kind, of, it's, kind of bring, it's kind of pushing me a little bit. I need clarity. Is there anywhere in the Bible where there were a group of Christians that needed to be filled with the Spirit? I said, yes. As a matter of fact, multiple places. Let me give you one classic one. And for anybody that's listening to me online or at any of the campuses or any of the venues, let me just say this. This is one of the most important set of scriptures to explain to you, listen, that you can be a Christ follower with the Spirit living in you, but need to be still filled with more of the Spirit in your life. Acts chapter 19, very important. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. Paul is coming into the region of Ephesus. Isn't that ironic? Into Ephesus. The same place where the scripture, the series United, is coming from the book of Ephesians. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples. Everyone say disciples. These are not casual inquirers. These people are pressing in. They're on the dream team at Milestone Church. Come on, are y'all with me? I mean, they're serving. They're loving God. Paul found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive, listen to me, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? In philosophical terms, it's called, you ready for this? It's called a practical impossibility if you're asked a question that you can't fulfill. In other words, the point is, if it wasn't possible that a believer may not be walking in the fullness of the Spirit, then Paul shouldn't have asked that question. But he did. He says, let me ask you a question. Since you've believed, since you've trusted Christ, have, have, have you, are you walking in the power of the Spirit? Do you know about this? 
Watch what they said. This sounds like some Christians. So they said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there's a Holy Spirit. He said, into them what were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John indeed baptized you with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him who would come after them, that is on Jesus Christ. And when they heard that from John, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. By the way, these people were Christians. The Holy Spirit was in them. Their name was written out in the Lamb's Book of Life. They were water baptized, and they had a T-shirt to prove it. Paul said, have you received... Are you walking in? Have you been filled with the Spirit? I'm asking everybody that. We know you're going to heaven if you're a Christian. But have you been filled with the Spirit? The Bible then says Paul laid hands on them and the Holy Spirit came upon them. The Holy Spirit was in them, but they were being filled as the Spirit of God came upon them. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Wow. Pastor, I've been a Christian 30 years. I never real. I, I, I want to be filled with the Spirit. If it wasn't possible that someone could be saved and yet not filled, Paul would have not asked the question. That's why Paul later writes in the book of Ephesians. By the way, when Linda got to this, this was the scripture. Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled. Be filled. The, the verb tense of the word filled there is actually present, continuous, present, active, continuous. Here's a better way to translate. Be continually being filled with the Spirit. When you wake up in the morning, ask God to fill you. When you're going through the day and you've got a hard day going and, and, and you're, being, you're being, well, harassed or you're, you're discouraged or disappointed, something happened in life, be filled with the Spirit. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. I'll give one last analogy. Here it is. I'm trying, I'm trying my hardest to help you guys see what it means. So here it is. Before you come to Christ, this is our spirit. It's empty. Our spiritual life is empty. And we try to fill it with all kinds of things. It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't satisfy. Worldly success, it doesn't satisfy. Much as we want to try to, it doesn't satisfy. So finally, we come to church, or we go to a milestone small group, or we go to a vacation Bible school, or we, or we go to youth group as a kid, or, or we go to some Bible study, or, or we come to a church like this, or Christmas Eve service, or whatever, and we hear about Christ and him crucified. That Jesus died on the cross for us, and he shed his blood for us, and he was buried, and he rose again on the third day, and if we'll trust Christ as our Savior, that, that we can be forgiven of our sins. All of our past can be washed away. And the Holy Spirit can come live on the inside of us. So you pray and you receive Christ. And when you receive Christ, here's what happens. Your empty spiritual life, I want everybody to see this. Your empty spiritual life, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that empty spirit, Christ, comes to live by his spirit and his presence on the inside. Wow. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. By the way, that's in the book of Ephesians. You've been sealed by the Spirit. And Mark, there's a, there's a, there's a culmination of, of, of where you belong to God because you've trusted Christ. But then you hear a message like this. And the preacher tells you, you need to be filled with the Spirit. And you finally have gotten over any intellectual stumbling blocks that have realized you see in the Scripture, I need to be filled with the Spirit. It's everywhere in the Bible. So you actually fulfill what Paul says, be continually being filled, by asking to be filled. Luke chapter 11, here's what Jesus said. He said this, so I say ask, everyone say ask. And it will be given to you, seek, everyone say seek. 
Everybody say knock. So I'm seeking, I'm asking, oh God, fill me with the Spirit. That's the analogy. For everyone who asks, receives, he who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, it will be open. And then he gives a litany of a human comparison with a divine comparison. If you ask for a stone, will you be given this? If you ask for this, will you be given this? And then he ends up and says, if you then being evil, human in your instincts, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the what? Come on, say it. The what? Say it. Holy Spirit. So you start asking. God, fill me with your spirit. Lord, I need your spirit. I need a fresh sense of your spirit. So you start crying out. So the Holy Spirit, remember, baptism of the spirit. Remember, anointing of the spirit. Remember, coming upon of the spirit. Remember, being filled with the spirit. All analogous terms in the New Testament. It's not about salvation. This is about empowerment by the spirit. It's not about getting saved. This is about getting filled with power. And by the way, let me help everybody. As long as you have a pulse, you've got a purpose to fulfill on this planet. And can I tell you something? You can't fulfill your divine purpose in God without God's power pulsating through your life. So you start crying out to God, God, I need your presence. You wake up in the Lord, Lord, fill me with your spirit. And all of a sudden, the spirit of God starts coming upon your life. Watch this. You're not getting more saved. You're getting filled with power. Yeah, that dunamis power is coming on your life. And now there's an overflow in your life. Yeah, now it's not just a well for you to drink from. Now it becomes a river that begins to spill out in your office place. That hostile environment maybe, now the love of God starts flowing out of you. Now in that work environment, now in your home life, now in the nation that so desperately needs Christ followers. Listen, the reason why we are filled is so that we can be spilled out on a broken world, and you're crying, and you're crying. And what are you doing all of a sudden? Listen, you're filled with the Spirit, filled with the presence of God. Yeah. I'll close with the story. Two years ago, my family went through a real tragedy. A very tragic situation took place, and um, it was very tough. No, nothing about sin, no immorality. There was a tragedy and a wreck happened in our family. And um, it's really, really tough. It was in August of 2018. By the spring of 2018, I had come to a place. It was, if you ever go through some, and some of you guys have through stuff like that, the, the, just the, the tension, the stress, the anxieties of the what ifs, the, the law, all, all, all of those things just began to compound. And I actually started thinking thoughts that I never dreamed I would think, such as this. If there was somebody else, I mean, I'm 50 at the time, I'm 51, I was 49. I'm like, if somebody else can take and pastor this church, I, went to, I talked to my elders, I said, guys, I just, I'm just, I just, I'm done. I gotta focus on my family, my wife, I, this is, and I remember the morning, I remember I was so broken. I was just so broken. And I remember that morning waking up and, and I had my Bible and my, sat in my chair and I remember, and I, and I do this every morning, I'll read my, I'll read my Bible, not because I'm a pastor. I read my Bible and pray because I'm a Christian and I wanna get closer to God. And, and I remember that morning, I just lifted my hands like this, and I said, Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, I need your presence in my life. I was this close. 
I was this close to just throwing in the towel because I was, it was the intensity of the pressure. Some of you guys know about the situation. It was intense. And, and I remember that morning when I cried out to God and the Holy Spirit of God began to come in and flood my heart. The presence of Almighty God. It's like from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I felt the presence of God. And it was like there was a filling up in my soul. And I'm just crying. Now here's where we get, here's where we get it wrong. We think that experience transforms our circumstances. Can I tell you something? Never calculate whether or not God touched you based upon your external environment changing. It may change, it may not, but we can always change if we cry out to God. And I remember that day, that day I, I, I walked out of there, there was fresh faith. There was just a fresh sense of, you know what? We're gonna be okay. My family's gonna be okay. We're gonna make it, we're gonna move on. Not because of my willpower. Listen to me, I want everybody to hear me. Somebody's gotta hear this. You've been fighting that thing in your life. Your willpower cannot defeat that thing in your life. It's not your willpower, it's God's power. It transcends your human power. It's not you're a type A or you're an eight on the Enneagram. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need God's power to clothe you, to break the chains, to fill you with grace. Matter of fact, I'm gonna ask everybody to stand if they could right now. And we're gonna pray this prayer. I'm gonna show you what I do every morning. Matter of fact, if you feel comfortable just putting your hands out like this in front, there's something about, man, just as a sign of a surrender and a posture of receiving. And I'll, I'll, I'll pray this every day. and Because we ask Jesus to fill us. It's his spirit. It's the spirit of Christ. And I'll, and I'll just say this. I'll say, Jesus, repeat after me. Say, Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. So what I'll do is I'll just ask the Lord to fill me with his spirit. And then I'll wait upon the Lord. We're so busy. <laughs> You're busy. Yes, you're busy. You got a lot going on. But we need to make sure we're never too busy to wait upon the Lord. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Where's your strength coming from? From God? From His Spirit? You shall mount up with wings like an eagle. You shall run and not get weary. Yeah. Say that again. Say, Jesus, fill me with your Spirit. Some of you guys are facing challenges just like I faced, some even greater. Some of you have experienced such great loss. There's been things, there's been loved ones that have passed. There's been disappointments in life, jobs, things, our culture, our nation, things that we've not been able to figure out in our mind. You've tried, you've tried, you've done scenario planning. You've had your tablet out. You've done strategic scenario planning till you're just sick in your stomach. Because there's times when we just can't figure it out on our own. But when we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, come, fill our hearts. Come, fill our lives. Something of God's presence. When God's Spirit comes upon us, everything begins to change. Everything begins to change. In just a moment, Pastor Steve's going to take the mic, and I'm going to ask 
maybe you need prayer today. Sometimes it's just helpful for somebody just to pray with you to be filled with the Spirit. Our altar is going to be open for people just to, just to gently, quietly just to pray with you, to be filled with the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.